Welcome to Real Faith, the podcast where we explore the intersection between culture, faith and youth work. I'm Stephen and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll look at a different film or series and discuss it in depth, exploring the themes within it and how we can use it with the young people we work with. We'll cover everything from action to horror, comic book movies to comedies. This week is slightly different. We are discussing Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore, but I've got two young people on to discuss it with me, Becca and Laura, who are huge Harry Potter fans. We don't go into things in as much depth. There are a number of issues that we don't talk about, such as the fact that the film is set in in, in Germany and and maybe the parallels with, with World War II there. We don't talk a lot about the different styles of leadership. We don't talk about Dumbledore's sexuality, which is is far more explicit in this film. But we do talk around some some other issues. So I hope you enjoy this discussion. If you listen carefully enough, the past whispers to you. We're here to see Alice Dumbledore. That would be my brother. So I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by Becca and Laura. How are you both? Doing good. Yeah. Excellent. So we're obviously going to be talking about the new Fantastic Beasts film, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and and we'll get into that and, and, and what you thought about it. But what we always like to start off with is to find out a little bit about yourselves. So Becca, could you go go first and just give a little bit of an introduction to yourself? Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Becca. I am 17 and I'm currently in year 12 doing my A-levels. Um, I love a good movie, a Marvel movie, Harry Potter movie. Yeah, like books, that kind of thing. Great. Thank you, Becca. And Laura? So I'm Laura. I'm also 17 and also doing my A-levels at the moment. And I am quite a big Harry Potter fan and like doing dancing in my spare time and yeah. <laughs> Great well thank you very much and I don't know yeah you are both big Harry Potter fans and we'll obviously get into that and, and chat about that more as we go through this discussion so as always there will be spoilers in this discussion, we're going to go through the, the plot and I'm going to give a, a plot synopsis now that will kind of break down exactly what happened. So if you haven't seen it and do want to see it, obviously stop listening just now and, and, and go and do that. So we, we the film starts off with Newt Scamander, who has been the, the, the main character through the, the Fantastic Beasts film. And he's helping a, a quillen, I think it's called, which is a, a magical creature that can see into one's soul as well as the future. And it's giving birth, and so he helps it to give birth. Grindelwald's followers uh, turn up, led by Credence, and they attack and kill the mother and kidnap the newborn. Grindelwald then kills the creature as well to harness harness its ability to see the future. However, they don't realise that the Quillen has actually given birth to twins, and so the younger of which Newt is able to save. Unable to battle against Grindelwald due to a blood pact, Albus Dumbledore recruits a small group to thwart Grindelwald's plans for world domination. And in Berlin, in Germany, the group witnessed Grindelwald being acquitted of all of the criminal charges, 
uh, by the International Confederation of Wizards, and subsequently he runs for office. The ICW believe that arresting Grindelwald could gain him more support, so they think by beating him in a legitimate election will lose him the support, and that would be the best thing to do. Grindelwald's followers arrest Theseus, who is Newt's brother, and plan to assassinate one of Grindelwald's competitors. Dumbledore asks Newt and Lally to, I think it's Lally, right? Yeah. I'm asking the experts, I'm, I'm not entirely sure of, of all the character names. Uh, they ask Lally to rescue uh, Theseus and foil the assassination. So while they're rescuing uh, Newt's brother from the, the secret German uh, wizarding prison, which I took my nine-year-old uh, to go and see, and that was definitely the scariest point. That was a bit where they had their... Their, their hands over their eyes at, at, at that quite horrific uh, scene, even with the, the kind of the little dancing sequence in there, there was, it, was, it was still quite uh, horrific. But uh, Lally and Jacob then thwart the assassination attempt. Uh, however, Jacob is subsequently framed for attempting to kill Grindelwald, and he and Lally barely escape, giving Grindelwald an incentive to turn the wizard, wizarding world against the muggle world. Meanwhile, Grindelwald has sent Credence to assassinate Dumbledore. Dumbledore very quickly defeats Credence, and he's revealed to be the illegitimate son of Dumbledore's younger brother, Aberforth. Learning who his father is and being spared by Albus, Credence starts to question his loyalty to Grindelwald. The leaders of the Wizarding World gather in Bhutan, where the new leader is to be elected by the ancient, ancient tradition of being found worthy by the Quillen, who bows to those who are pure of heart. Uh, Grindelwald has reanimated the dead Quillen and has it bowed to him during the ceremony, thus manipulating the election. He immediately then declares war on all muggles and tortures Jacob for trying to assassinate him. However, Credence and others expose him and save Jacob as well. The surviving Quillen is then produced and this one subsequently bows to Dumbledore as well as Santos, who's, who's one of the other people uh, that is running for office. Enraged, Grindelwald tries to kill Credence, who is protected by Albus and Aberforth. Uh, the ensuing contact of the two spells breaks the blood pact, and, and so Dumbledore and Grindelwald are able to attack each other. As the battle reaches a stalemate, Grindelwald eventually retreats. In the aftermath, a dying credence is accepted by Aberforth and returns home. Jacob and Queenie get married, and Dumbledore is, is outside watching the ceremony from afar, thanks Newt, and then departs alone into the night. A, a, a lot of words to say there. A, a, a lot happens, in it, and it's a lengthy film as well. But I, I guess then to, to kick us off, uh, Laura, first of all, what, what did you think of the film? So I saw it this afternoon, so that is fresh in my head. And I actually really, really liked it. I think it's probably actually my favourite out of the three. And I don't know why, but I just, I loved how it, because I love Hogwarts and everything that happened, everything with Hogwarts. And so I loved how through different parts you had different, Monster Hogwarts and so when they all um with all the different cases trying to make it through to try and deceive all of Grindelwald's army 
that's what I guess you can call them. You know, when, when they all open the cases and, you know, you have the bludger and the, sea, um, the snitch coming out and flying everywhere and all the books, like the monster books everywhere. And it just, it was really clever and I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, they, they seem to do a lot within this one. And I don't know if it's the same within the books because I haven't read the books mm -hmm. of, of really bridging between Harry Potter and this. I think the first film was fairly separate. The second one obviously brought in uh, Dumbledore and, and had some scenes within Hogwarts, but this one definitely brings those two worlds together. I'm not sure if, if again, if that's what was happening in the books or whether that was something that as a, as a film they chose to do, but that was uh, clearly, a, clearly a highlight for you and, and made this the best of the, the three uh, so far. Uh, Becca, what were your thoughts on it? I can't even tell you when I watched it. I think it was near to opening night so that synopsis was very helpful <laughs> um I enjoyed watching it whilst it was happening um yeah I just thought it was quite a good film to watch I I did quite enjoy the crowd bit my mum was laughing away and I just thought that was quite funny <laughs> yeah no, what? Yeah, no, because th that was very funny. And then you had the horrible bit then happened where the big thing grabs, and then there was some little bit more crabs, and you thought, all oh, right, finally the, the horror's over. And then it grabs yeah. another person, and then it just it kind of keeps going. So, uh, yeah, it was a, a very well executed uh, sequence. I'd, I'd say as well, it's probably my my favourite of the three. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the Fantastic Beasts films in general. Uh, Really love the Harry Potter films, but 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 this series I I really haven't. The the second one, um, I, I just thought was awful. I, I really did, um, and, and it was so long as well. After like two and a half hours, I'm like nothing has happened, and and and, and I felt that in part with this one as well. That there was a lot of it, when I was reading that, it seems like a lot was happening, but I, I think you could condense. The film and, and I guess that was maybe some of the issues that were thrown at the Harry Potter films as well that actually they were very long and, and, and could have maybe done with uh, some more editing. What have you thought then of, of, of the series of the films then, the Fantastic Beast films? So that's obviously the, the third one. Uh, as we were saying before we started recording, there, there may be a fourth and a fifth one as there are the books, but what have you thought of the, the series so far? Uh, Becca? Um, I mean, if I wasn't Harry Potter fan, I wouldn't like know about it. So I think I quite liked it so far. I think the first one is my favourite because I just, I really like the character of Newt and like, I like that it focused on him so much. And so I enjoyed the first one. Um, I honestly could not tell you what happens in the second one. I have watched it, just couldn't, can't remember. Um, but yeah, I quite like the series in general. And what about you, Laura? I, I I do like it. I think because I I have such a massive love for Harry Potter, and it's something that is just something that I've always loved. When the Fantastic Beasts film started coming out, and obviously because it's linked to the Wizarding World and linked to Harry Potter, I was thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to be just as amazing as this. And I think because I hyped it up so much in my head when I actually came to watch the first one, and it was not if not like barely at all related to Harry Potter I was thinking oh my gosh what is this but <laughs> as it's gone along 
I have enjoyed it. I mean, the second one is, I'm not a massive fan of the second one, um, but I do really like the first one and I did like this one as well. Very good. So obviously we, and, and I didn't mention within the plot that obviously the actor playing Grindelwald has, has changed. We obviously had a Johnny Depp as Grindelwald at the end of the first one and then throughout the second one. This one has Mads Mikkelsen playing Grindelwald. How how was that for your experience of, of having Johnny Depp playing before and then this new actor? Did that affect the viewing at all, either of you? I don't... I was talking to my mum actually about this. I quite liked how they didn't try to replicate how Johnny portrayed it with a different actor hmm. because, obviously... Johnny Depp had a very specific way of doing it with even the way that he looked in his appearance mm. and it changed very much in terms of the appearance there were still odd little nods but it was nice having that different interpretation it's like what they did with Dumbledore when Richard Harris passed away after the second film they changed Dumbledore completely and I liked that even though Michael Gambon who played him after Richard Harris kept little bits of, like odd nods through with the accent and other parts but it was completely different and I liked that how it had that different interpretation and it wasn't him trying to replicate what Johnny Depp had already portrayed it was just new and fresh and it worked well with the plot of the film I thought. Mm. I can see you nodding Becca what were do you have any further thoughts to that or yeah, I, I agree. I feel like it depends how dedicated you are to the series and you were to Johnny Depp as Grindelwald. Um, I feel like the new actor, I feel like he fit in quite well. Like His appearance worked and he just fit into the film quite well. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think Mads Mikkelsen's just an incredible actor. The, the things that I've seen him in anyway, I, I find him just a far more captivating presence as well as, as as an actor and I think obviously particularly for this film where you you have to get people behind him and he, he has to be seductive in a way in terms of, of of the story he's trying to tell I, I think he he pulls that off really well and I, and I think definitely is one of the highlights for me for the film it was actually having him and and yeah I completely agree with you Laura that I liked that it didn't try to to over explain it or say oh he's He's changed his appearance again, like he did from obviously Colin Farrell playing him at the start of, of, of the first one and then it changing at the end of the film to, to Johnny Depp. I liked that it. It just, it just was. I had to explain it, obviously, to, to my youngest when, when I went to see it with them that they'd obviously saw Johnny Depp and now it was somebody completely different. So I just said, oh, he's changed appearance like he did in the first one. And, and they were happy uh, with that. So... We mentioned obviously that the crab uh, sequence is, is, is being a highlight. Were there any other bits that you particularly enjoyed about the film? If we go, if we go to Becca first of all, but I, I loved the crab one, and I liked the um, near the end the whole suitcases sequence with um, the room of requirements. I thought that was really cool how they added that bit in, and I just liked the whole sequence of them running and like. Um, fighting against the bad guys, I liked that. A bit of action, 
Um, yeah, and I love the magical creatures. I kind of wish there was a bit more of that, considering it is a fantastic piece of film. Um, I think it would have been cool to see more of them, but it was more Dumbledore focused, so I understand. Yeah, I, I agree with the fact that, because obviously it is Fantastic Beasts, obviously had the whole plot of the, is it, what's it called? The animal that, is it a quiller? Chiller? I can't remember. I think it's a quillin. Quillin. I'll go with that. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, but I like to have see, that whole aspect of it. But I think one thing, obviously, because it, it's called The Secrets of Dumbledore, I loved seeing that more vulnerable side to Dumbledore in a sense when he was talking to Newt about Ariana's death when he's looking at her portrait I love that part because it you know obviously in the Harry Potter series he's very much got guard up and so it added that side to him and obviously there's humor in the fact that oh you're going to go stay with my brother Dumbledore has a brother like it, it added that comedy in the fact of you know, that no one really knew, knows who Dumbledore was before they knew him now. Mm. So I liked seeing that more vulnerable side to him when he was talking about Ariana and how she died and how he had that guilt and the fact that he was somewhat responsible for her death. Yeah, obviously it, it goes without saying that having his name in the title means that he was obviously going to be a, a big presence, but, it, but it's definitely his film and, and I think Jude Law plays it really well and and as you said I, I do like that that vulnerability that he brings because he obviously in the Harry Potter films he's already this kind of grandstanding kind of everybody loves him thinks he's incredible and so it's great to see him before that image and and I guess part of the journey that he goes on because even some of the things that he says are, are then things that he says in in the Harry Potter films particularly when around that do what is right not what is easy when he when he says that to to obviously the the other magicians who are going to be voting and and, and deciding and and he's obviously hoping that they are going to charge Grindelwald and that's they obviously don't go through with that and obviously at one point he says to, to Harry as well that there'll be a time will come when we have to choose to do what is right and and not what is easy so it's it's great to see those little tie-ins with that was there anything that you didn't like about the film would you say was there anything that, that stood out or you wish would be different you obviously mentioned maybe that it would have been good to have maybe a few more beasts in it is there anything else that you think that the film would have been better if it had done this or hadn't done a particular thing either of you i can't even remember his name but um the kind of mini plot line with the guy who um, I think was tasked as a spy to go to Grindelwald from Dumbledore. I just got a bit confused with that. I wasn't sure what was going on with him. Like, did he go over to the side and then come back? Was he like double bluffing? I, I wasn't really sure. So I was a bit confused at that. But I don't think overall it really affected much of my viewing. It was just a little bit during it. I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Mm. yeah yeah I, I remember I also got a little bit confused at that point because Grindelwald removes the memory of his sister's death and it's all just that confused me quite a bit um because 
yeah, I didn't know because then he was walking up with Grim, Grim, Grindelwald's army behind him, and then he just, you know, turns around and <laughs> zaps them all. <laughs> zaps, that's not, you know, but <laughs> it it did confuse me a little bit. There also, yeah, it was just there were some bits that were a bit strange to me. The fact of um why like the Cullen chose Dumbledore that confused me a li- little bit in the sense of because it wasn't one that was being elected and then Dumbledore was able to say no not me someone else that confused me a little bit but it it, it made it worked out in the end because it didn't end up obviously being Grindelwald and it was all fine but <laughs> that did seem a little bit strange to me obviously on this podcast one of the big things and and, and why I, I do it is that I feel that there's a lot we can learn from films and films can uh, maybe challenge our, our views sometimes or make us want to be better people in, in, in some ways was there anything that you felt you learned from this film or was there anything that challenged you about about any of it, about any of the messages or about the actions of, of, of certain characters? I think one of the things that stood out for me was Jacob in terms of his just his love for Queenie. And it oh, it broke my heart when he, he when they were in that big is it like it was like a meal or something and he just stood up and went Queenie and she just walked past. Honestly, I literally just sat there and thinking, oh, poor Jacob. And because Dumbledore says to him that he has such a big heart or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And it was obviously truly shown the fact that he his heart was shattered, obviously, in the second film when Queenie went over to Grindelwald and joined his army and then, you know, completely just ignores him as if she, um, he never mattered to her, which... Mainly, it was really upsetting to watch because he's such a lovable character as well, and he's the he's kind of the underdog in it, I guess, in a sense, because obviously he's not a witch and he's surrounded by all these fantastic wizards and Dumbledore and Newt and everybody. And so, yeah, I but I loved how then he got his redemption in the end, and he got Queenie back in the end, and it all worked out well. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. One of the things I didn't like about the second one is, is I think the focus went off of him quite a bit and, and I thought he was one of the best things in the first one and and so it was great for him to have a few more moments in, in this one and, and I guess bring that lighter tone back that he's, that he's, he's very good at. Was there anything that, that stood out for you, Becca, at all? I was trying to think. I remember watching the movie and I was like, oh, I better remember that before I got onto the podcast. I can't remember anything. The memories have been taken out. Literally, exactly. Grindelwald's done something. Um, just carrying on with um, Jacob. His name. Yep. Think so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just I loved his character and the fact that his heart was so big that it didn't really matter that he wasn't magic. He still had a big impact on the people around him. Um even a big impact on like the major wizards and that was just because he was such a good guy he was just a nice person 
Mm. Yeah, so what I'd said earlier about Dumbledore saying do what is right, not what is easy, I think is always something that, that stands out for me. And obviously when I watch films, I, I try to, to link that with maybe some of the, the, the biblical ideas and, and, and things that we find within the Bible. I know Jesus talking about the, the narrow gate and the wide gate and, and, and talking about those decisions that we have to make, that it's the, the, the wide gate is, 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 is really doing the easy thing and any, lots of people can go that way, but the, the, the narrow gate is, is the, the, the hard path that, that leads to life and only a few find it. And whenever I, I remember when I heard Dumbledore saying in Harry Potter that a time will come when uh, people will have to, to choose what is right and not what is easy. It reminded me of, of that, that passage with Jesus. And, and again, this one does as well. It's something that, that challenges me and that it's so easy just to do what is easy because it's maybe comfortable or, or it's safe. And, and the challenge that, that we're often given is, are we willing to do what's right, even if no one else is, is, is choosing to do that? There was one other thing, and, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing it because I can't, I tried to remember exactly what Grindelwald says, and, and I couldn't, but it was when he was talking um, to somebody, and he was talking in relation about credence, and he says, don't let anger control you, because the only victim will be you. And because obviously for, for Credence, anger has completely taken over him. Like there's no, they, they talk about the fact that there's no redemption, there's no saving Credence now from, from the, the path that he's on in terms of he's, he's going to die by this magic uh, because he can't control it and, and the anger has, has taken over him. And, and that again reminded me of the, 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 you know, the story of Cain and Abel. In, in the Old Testament, the, the two brothers. And so Cain gets really jealous of, of Abel and, and, and so kills his brother. And, and, and just before that happens, God's talking to Cain and he, and he says to Cain that, that sin is crouching at your door and it's like an animal. It's easy to, it's going to control you, but you have to subdue it and be its master. And this idea that, that, that the sin, this anger at this time is, is like an animal personified, it's taken over. And, and again, it reminded me that of, of just the, the danger of when we allow anger just to take over. And that actually it's, we are the ones that get hurt eh, when that happens, when we, when, when we can't control that. Because I, I, I found Credence just a, a, just a, a really sad character um, and just someone who's, whose life is wasted because of the actions of those that looked after him, and, he, and he's just never been able to, to deal with that. What, what, what were your thoughts on, on Credence, Becca? Did you have any, any thoughts on that character? I, I thought he was a really interesting character. Um, yeah, and it's just like his backstory is like really sad when he grew up with the, um, the woman who was like abusive and just not nice. And it's like you've already got so much going on in your head that can't be helpful. Yeah, I just thought, I just felt sad for him. Mm. Did you have any thoughts on him, Laura? Huh? Um, yeah, I agree, Becca, in the fact, because obviously you do feel that sorry for him and the fact that he's, you know, been ordered by Grindelwald to do all these things and he has that massive 
duel off with Dumbledore and you know Dumbledore says to him you are a Dumbledore and Aberforth obviously <clears throat> is his father and I love how you see obviously because he's been through so much and at the end you see Aberforth looking after him and it actually made me a little bit emotional when he was sitting there and he says he says um Credit says to Aberforth something like, "Have you been thinking of my of me, have you, or have you thought of me or something?" And then Aberforth says, "Always." Mm. And it's just, it's he's finally getting that care and that love, and that actually, it made me a bit emotional when I was watching it today. And the fact that you see him at the end, you know, helping his son down the steps of, and it's just, he's finally getting that TLC that he needed all along. And it was just, it was such a lovely moment, I think, in the film. Mm. Yeah, no, it was, and and I think even that after that battle with Dumbledore and Credence, when Dumbledore actually chats to him and listens to him and, and tries to understand him, and, and it's that's what kind of starts that that path of of some kind of redemption for Credence that he realizes, oh, actually, there are people that care about me, and and just the importance, I guess, of then just listening to people and. And not just assuming, because Credence could be seen as just this evil, powerful magician. But again, Dumbledore tries to get to the heart of him and get, and get beyond that and actually see him for the, the human uh, that he is. And, and I thought that was a really great moment as well. I guess it, the, the only other thing I, I would say that is just interesting and, and I think something that's just fun to chat about is would you ever choose to have your own mem memories wiped if you could? So obviously that, that character that we can't remember his name has, his, has the memories of his sister um, taken out. But I wonder by choice, would, would either of you ever choose to have memories taken away if you could? I guess in a way, obviously it's difficult because there'll be, say for example, memories of people that obviously there'll be moments of joy, but obviously moments of pain if you lose that someone or they're just no longer in your life anymore. And so I think in that sense, and I, it, it actually has, it, it's been something that I have thought about, obviously because it happens a lot in Harry Potter, you know, Dumbledore removes his memories and it. It's something that I've definitely pondered on is the fact that obviously if there's regrets that I have that I'd remove from my head or just sad memories, sad incidents that I'd remove. But it's a, it's a tricky one, I think. Mm. Do you have any thoughts on it, Baker? I mean, I was just trying to think of an instance where I would have a memory removed. And in my forefront of my brain right now, I can't think of any because I like to think that like my memories make up who I am. But obviously, like if a memory gives me pain and I'm not gaining anything that day, maybe having it removed would be nice. <laughs> Maybe that's something to think about long after this. You can have a have a thought. <laughs> Wonder if there is. Um, just just to wrap things up, uh, then uh, just 
really want to thank you for 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 coming on and and for for chatting about this. It's been uh, really fun to do. Uh, so so thank you for for giving up your time and hopefully it's maybe got you to think about about the film maybe a little bit more and and and, and some of the things that that have come up in it. Uh, so thank you both again, and I, and I hope you have a good rest of the night. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Becca and Laura for joining me to discuss The Secrets of Dumbledore. What did you think of the film? And did you agree or disagree with our thoughts and some of the themes that we brought up? Please do get in touch with us on Twitter at RealFaithPod or on Facebook at RealFaithPod. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do consider subscribing to the podcast and also leaving us a positive review as that helps others to see what we're up to. If you are a youth worker and you'd like to come on and discuss a a new film or TV show or also a a film or TV show that has impacted your life in some way, then also please do get in touch. But that's all for me today, so look out for another episode coming soon.